0: Good morning, I don't, uh, I don't think words can express uh, the love I have for this church. Uh, it's so good to be here with you this morning, it's good to see so many familiar faces, even under the masks, uh, I can see the eyes and it's wonderful. Uh, this is actually one thing I've really been missing in my personal life as a community, Uh, and it's so good. It is so good. I was sitting in the pew, and I was just, my tears were in my eyes, and I just felt home, and it felt good. And so thank you for welcoming back into this body. Um, Thank you for doing that with open arms. Um, So Ashley's not here, and I know you're probably wishing she was. She's better looking. She's easier to be around than me. Um, I wish she was here, too, but due to Henry, starting school, and then just trying to be financially wise right now, we decided one plane ticket was better than three. So uh, here I am, and next time maybe we'll just send Ashley. Uh, we'll see. She can have a break from the kids. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't know this already, uh, Ruth prayed for it. We are pregnant, and we're really excited for that. And by we, I mean Ashley. Um, she's pregnant. 20 Almost 20 weeks right now. We are super excited and praying for a girl because this is the last one, and we need a girl. And so if you can be praying for that, and the humor of of God, he's gonna give us a boy, which will still be glorious. Um, So they're back in St. Catharines right now. Henry's loving school, and uh, he's just, he's thriving in it, actually, uh, and it's super encouraging to see. I think that was one thing we were worried about coming back from Turkey and like, how's Henry gonna um, integrate into the more Canadian um, culture and society, and, and he's doing really well, and so thank you for your prayers for that, uh, and for our family there. Uh, you can be praying that he feels better tomorrow, he has a bit of a runny nose this morning, and so Ashley, is at a loss at what to do, do we tell the school, do we not tell the school? You know, it's, just a, it's such a, it's an awkward time we're in, right? And I'm sure you're feeling it as well. Um, ask you a question, and, and I promise it's relevant to this morning, but have you ever been in a spot where you, ha- you haven't been closer to God? It, it's, you are so close, you can feel it, yet the situation that you find yourself in today maybe isn't so great. It's kind of like we're g- you're going through a rough time, a rough situation, yet you are leaning so far into who God is that you're feeling great spiritually, but physically, it's just... It feels like the end. Have you ever felt that? I'm sure a lot of people right now are maybe feeling something similar. I've been praying this, this prayer over the last year, at least a year, um, six months, even more. God, what are you doing? That's it, I'll sit. I spend an hour in, every morning uh, with the word, in the word, and just praying, and sometimes that's my only prayer. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I leave it at that. And it's interesting the response that I've been getting even before January and then after January when I started praying this and, and, and we were just kind of coming back from Turkey on furlough and, and praying this prayer, all I was getting was this, this sense through scripture and through just the quietness and in my, in my devotions time is follow me. And now from January it's serve me. And so when I got the message on service, it was quite fitting because this is actually one of the most challenging things in my life right now. And I've been getting this thing through scripture, and the scripture we're going to be going through this morning is a scripture I've been meditating on for six months. Serve me. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the blessing to be able to serve you. May we grow in knowing just how to do that. Father, may you be glorified this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm an emotional guy now, ever since January, and so if I start crying, I apologize for that, even though I'm told I should never apologize for my emotions, that's coming from Ashley. Um, But ever since being kicked out of Turkey and and being detained and, and going through all of this emotional stuff, I don't know what it is but the smallest things will make me cry. And, uh, and so, bear with me, because this message is for me, and I pray that it's for you as well. And I trust that the Holy Spirit will be working in your hearts this morning. past few months have been hard for Ashley and myself, and and, and from January being kicked out of Turkey and, and the transition of moving from Turkey to Grand Prairie and asking this question, God, what are you doing? And, and all of a sudden now there's this opportunity to apply for a position that I, turned, that I didn't want, um, but it came back up now that we're in Canada. And So we applied, didn't think I would get it. As of May, I was appointed the next director of an organization, which is mind-blowing to me because, look, I'm like 12 years old, you know? And, and look, it's so, again, praying, God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? And then we go from there, and we move all the way to St. Catharines in the middle of this COVID thing where there's no rest stops, and we've got two kids in a van, and we're driving, and there's, you can't get food, and there's no, there's no bathrooms. And it's like, God, what are you doing? Why did we do this? And we move into St. Catharines, and we move into a house that we didn't expect. God, what are you doing? And in this past June, uh, a dear friend of ours passed away while serving overseas. Uh, she was the maid of honor on our wedding, uh, super close to Ashley, and uh, that was hard for us as a family. God, what are you doing? We were grieving, <clears throat> grieving her. Some of you actually even may know her, I'm not gonna say her name, because this is being recorded, but. Um, we're grieving this loss, but she was with our company, so we're working. We spent days on the phone with people. Some people here we even called, letting them know what happened. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? How do I serve you in the middle of this? A lot of other little things. And I know, I'm not saying this to say, hey, look, look at our lives and look how awful it's been, because I know for a fact there's people sitting here who've, who've had it worse than we have. I'm saying this as an example of uh, this, or a question. How do we serve God in, in difficult times? How do, we, how do we humble ourselves to a point where we can freely serve him when we are struggling whether personally or individually. A question of, God, how do I serve you? I can barely put food on the table for my family. God, how do I serve you? My child is going in another direction away from you. How do I serve you in the middle of a failing marriage? How do I serve you when I can barely keep a roof over my family's head? How do I serve you in the middle of this? I don't know if this is a question you guys have thought about, but it sure is a question I've been thinking a lot about recently. How do I serve you? And it's interesting because spiritually, I don't think I've ever been better. I'm in the word a lot more. I'm in prayer a lot more. And it's because of my spirit of desperation. I need him. I want to be close to him because I am hurting. With all this crap that we've all gone through this year, one thing holds true and it was actually, I was talking with somebody out in um, the foyer uh, this morning about it, and it's something we can grasp to, is God is good. No one can take that away. God is good, and if God is good, and if we believe that, then serving him should come naturally, right? Well, it should. (laughs) During COVID, the act of service might look different, but the message's heart is the same. It's the same. So why do we serve? Maybe better question we should be asking is who do we serve? Who is it we serve? Who is it that we serve? I think we forget to ask that question from time to time, at least I know I do. Because I think if we can truly understand who we serve, it'll help us hash out why we serve, especially in hard times. Romans 12, verses one and eight is a passage I I go to multiple times a week, probably for the last six months. I'm there all the time. It's 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 on my mind. I'm walking, um, I'm walking through the office. I'm thinking of Romans 12. I'm I have a little motorized little push scooter. I go to the office on. It's quite fun. Uh, I feel like a. I really do feel like I'm 12. Um, but it's a great commute. And when I'm on the scooter, I'm thinking of Romans 12. When I'm sitting at home, I'm thinking of Romans 12. It's it's just it's been embedded into my brain. So much so, every time I read it, I get, I get something new out of it. Like, yesterday morning, I was, uh, I was in my devotions, and I was meditating on this passage again, and one word that I've never really thought of stuck out, and I was like, oh, great, now I have to rewrite my message, because this one word now is just, it just changes everything. But Romans 12, verses 1 to 8. I believe this is... Uh, Paul's definition of service. I think it's a great definition of service. When we think of Romans 12, oftentimes, as if, if, if you've grow, grown up in the church and you've gone to camp and, and Sunday school, you think of Romans 12, verse 2, the, the, the classic memory verse of, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. And sometimes we just remember that passage. But we need to take from verse 1 to verse 8 to get this clear picture. And Paul answers these two questions. Who do we serve? Why do we serve? And then he goes into the outcome of of that service. So starting in verse one, if you wanna follow along with me, I'm gonna stop periodically, uh, and I'm sure more than my notes suggest because I'll probably think of something else I wanna say. Starts in verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're gonna pause there for a second. First, we need to understand who we serve. And uh, this is a small enough group. If If just reading the first verse... What sticks out to you? What's a descriptive word that Paul uses to describe God? You can yell it out. It's okay. Mercy. Mercy. Do you know God's mercy? Do you understand that word? You know, understand what it means? I think sometimes we can breeze past it. In view of God's mercy, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it means that. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It means that God gave everything so that we could have everything. Not the possessions, but life. It means that while we were, while we were in the deepest, darkest pits, God pulled us out. When we were enemies, <laughs> we became friends. Mercy. Mercy is not force. He didn't have to give it to us. But he chose. Do you wonder? I, I, I think, at least for me, I take my salvation for granted. We're saved. We have life. We sin against him day after day after day, yet he has mercy to give to us, it abounds. And Paul is saying this, he's speaking to the saints in Rome, so people who already know, and he's saying, he's saying in view of what you already know, because you know God, he sent his son, he, he died for you so you didn't have to, now you, know, you should be devoted to him. And Paul is saying this to, to the saints in Rome, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, be devoted, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This shouldn't be even a question. And this is, this is an act of worship. This is an act of service. This is an act of service. Paul is, is in this spot right now, in this passage, where his heart is breaking for the people there. He wants to see them better. Um... He's giving everything for the service of the church. Mercy. And then he uses this imagery of bodies, of living sacrifices. Don't worry, I'm going to get to the service part. This is, or you know, in in people's minds on serving, means serving within the church. We're going to touch on that. Um, but he uses the imagery of, of bodies as living sacrifices. Now, a sacrifice is giving of something. Not expecting it to, you know, you're not gonna get a return off of it. You're giving something, you're sacrificing something. Now, and, and Paul is saying, hey, you need to give everything, your body as a living sacrifice. And so, in my mind, how I'm rationalizing this is, is, is God, okay, I'm gonna give you myself as a tool to be used by you. It's not mine anymore. You showed me such great mercy, you saved me. You paid the ultimate price so I didn't have to. So I'm gonna give you everything of me to be, to be used by you. For what? So that you would be glorified. May you use me, may your glory abound on this earth and may you use me to help push that along. That was the call when I went into ministry, when I went into missions. God, I wanna be used by you. But. It's not just a temporary thing. Um, I think of this, this in thing with my, when I sin against my wife, when I do something against my wife and she forgives me, there's this, our bond is, is tighter now. Or you can use the, the idea of a friend. But our bond is tighter, I'm more devoted to her. And, 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 and Paul is saying it's, it's kind of like that, but it, it's, it's not just a temporary devotion. You need to be eternally devoted to God eternally devoted to God, and you need to understand this because once you do that, all of a sudden, you understand where your place is within the greater kingdom, what your giftings are. How do we, as a community, serve one another? Well, we first need to understand how we serve and and what our relationship with God is. He uses this word urge, this stuck with me yesterday. It's not a suggestion, it's not a, if you're feeling up to this, guys, if it it fits your day, you know, I suggest that you just give your bodies as living sacrifices. No, he's urging them, there's more passion in that. He's urging them. This is not a question, this is not a suggestion, This is what we need to do as as believers. We need need to understand our salvation, that Jesus Christ came down to this earth and he died for us. He didn't need to do it, but he did. Why? Because God loved us so much and could not see us being separated from him for eternity. We need to understand that, and when we do, we need to give ourselves to him for service. Then, this next part that we're gonna get into. when we continue reading on in Romans 12, now we see the outcome of this devotion. When we understand who we are in God, in Christ, when we understand our salvation, and then when we give ourselves completely and wholly to Him with no strings attached. Meaning, when you're in a spot, and you know the Lord's leading you there, but you're fighting it, and you say, no, I'm not gonna go, you know, let's say you're called into missions, God, I know I have giftings and you're calling me into missions, but I refuse to go to that country. All of a sudden, you're not giving your whole self to Him. We need to give our whole self, our whole being, to be used by God. And when that happens, beautiful things will take place. And we'll see that within the body. And there's a reason why Paul started with that. Because, secondly, now it's how do we act as a community? For the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance um, with the measure of faith God has given you. Okay, we're gonna pause there. He's saying, don't act like you're better than the next person, you're not. Humble yourself. This is the passage of humility. You're not better or worse than the person sitting next to you. You're just in different life situations. It doesn't make you higher or lower on the viewpoint of how God sees you. We are broken people, sitting next to broken people, listening to a broken person. That's who we are. Do not think of yourselves more highly. Just as each of us, <clears throat> sorry, that has, that's not even in my notes. I apologize. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according, Actually, sorry, pause. Now he's talking about this body, and, and I'm sure you've heard sermons about it. So now we understand the greater picture, We understand our salvation, we understand that we are committing ourselves to the Lord. Now Paul is, is talking about how we as a community serve one another. He uses the analogy of a body. Now, if there's a body, if there's a broken leg, it doesn't function the same way. If a member isn't doing what the member is supposed to do, the body isn't gonna be healthy, right? If we all had the gifting of teaching, this would be a boring church. If we all had the, the gifting of um, serving, this would all be a boring church. No, everybody has a different spot to play. A part to play, sorry, within the greater body. And he's saying, just as the body has many members, so do we. Let's continue. For we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. We are to serve. And we are to contribute. And once we are in this spot of, all right, God, I I trust you. I know who you are. I know what you mean in my life. I know that you came and died for me when you didn't have to, and so I'm committing myself to you in service. Now what do I do? Well, figure out what your giftings are. What do you like to do? How can you contribute? And I'm not talking about programs. Programs are are a huge part of, of a church, and I get that, and they're necessary to an extent, But how do do you put your giftings to assist and to edify the greater community of Grand Prairie Alliance Church? How do your giftings help and assist and edify the, the greater church of Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada, the world? How do we serve now that we understand where we sit with God and that our bodies are not ours anymore? We are to give them up. We are to sacrifice them for the service of the God that we serve. It's <clears throat> my challenge for you guys this morning. Um, I, this There needs to be so much more that needs to be said. But I encourage you, if, if anything, sit and read Romans 12, one to eight. If anything, sit and ask God, where do I fall under this umbrella of Grand Prairie Alliance? Instead of sitting there and thinking, "Ah, oh, the youth program, ah, oh, could be better." Well, Lord, is there a part that you that, that I could play into helping the youth program, or the kids program should be better? Lord, is there a part that I can play to help build into the children's program? How can we make this community better? These, the statistics were, when I was on staff here, that 10% of the congregation did 100% of the work. I don't know what it's like now, that meaning 10% of the congregation, only 10% of the congregation volunteered for things. That's a very small percentage. What are you guys doing? Um, and I, This isn't a guilt thing, this is a challenge. And it doesn't have to be in the programs of the church, but what if your neighbor that's sitting next to you in the pew right now is struggling and he just needs some encouragement? What about going to his business or his place of work or to his home with a donut and a coffee and just sitting down and listening, encouraging that individual? That is serving the church. That is serving the church. That is serving the greater body. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We believe that. And if you truly understand that message, serving should come naturally, even in hard times. Let me pray. Father, I feel like I've said a lot and I've went a hundred different locations and I don't even understand all the areas I covered, but Father, I pray that one thing got through to every single person sitting here. I pray that our hearts were challenged this morning. And if not, I pray that our thinking was changed. God, we need you so desperately. We need you as we serve our community. We need you as we serve our families. We need you even as we take care of ourselves. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just continually be drawing us closer to you, drawing out the things we need to confess, the things we need to work on. I pray that we would be better. I also pray, Father, that you would use this church for great things in, in not just this Community within the walls, but the community outside the walls as well. I pray for the leadership of this church. I pray that you would give them wisdom on how to lead and serve the body well. I pray for the elders and I pray that you would give them wisdom on how to serve and lead this body well. God, we need you and we need more of you day after day. I pray us in Jesus' name. Amen.